subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Pursuit of love, be prepared to follow your heart headlong into the darkness. Bleeders Digest, issue number 12. Keep me safe all through the night. This story's called Keep Me Safe All Through the Night, written by Chrissy Fox. I met Tony online. Yes, one of those dating sites I swear you'd never see me on. I never had trouble getting guys or anything. It just gets harder to meet someone as you get older and outgrow the dude in the tank top in the club. That was never really my thing anyways. I liked older guys. And when I started chatting with Tony, the thing that struck me about him was that he was a father. He'd been through some shit. But he was still really kind and more honest than I would have even been. Putting up a front at this point in my life is pointless. He told me. I don't have time for it. That was perfect because either did I. He did come with some gentle Gentle baggage, baggage. he called it. His 15-year-old son, Miles, lived with him basically full-time. But the good news is, when it was finally time for us to meet, Miles and I hit it off right away. He was a sweet, quiet kid. He was happy to have someone to go to Starbucks with and someone who would actually listen to him. He hadn't had a female figure in his life like that, basically, ever. When Tony asked me to move in with him and Miles about nine months into the relationship, I jumped in with both feet. I'm not getting any younger, and I was ready to be a lot more domesticated. Tony's house was really freaking cool. Tons of space for me to have my art studio in the back. I paint, but my main profit comes from my sculptures. I work from home mostly, so I loved my new workspace. Tony and I had a big master suite with its own hallway, which gave us, and Miles too, plenty of privacy. Tony and I had an amazing sex life, like 10 times a week at the minimum amazing. By the time I unpacked my last box, I'd already found out we were pregnant. Tony and I agreed to wait and tell Miles the exciting news. It was too early, and we needed to make sure everything was okay with the pregnancy first. That night, I made an incredible homemade lasagna for my boys. Just to be clear, I'm a badass cook, and I wanted to show Tony and Miles how truly lucky they were to get to live with me. I raised my glass in a toast. Okay, I know you guys are going to think I'm super cheesy, but I love you both like crazy, and I'm so excited to be here with you all the time. We're a real family now, and cheers to our first official night together. Tony was smiling at me warmly. Miles rolled his eyes but raised his glass and clinked mine. Cheers, you dork. We're happy you're here, too. Miles said. I could tell he really meant it. I was on a high of happiness. Miles had school in the morning, so he went to bed early. Tony and I decided to watch a movie in our room. You get to pick tonight. Any of that romantic bullshit you like, I won't say a word. Tony said with a smile. Really? I asked, snuggling up against him. I'm so glad you're here. And that move is officially fucking over, Tony told me, kissing the top of my head. Me too, I agreed. Then I fell asleep before I could even pick a movie. Pregnancy is fucking exhausting. I don't know how much time had passed, but I stirred, feeling Tony's hand on my stomach. I didn't open my eyes. It was comforting and sweet. 
A few moments had passed, then I heard a voice. I can feel it in there. My eyes shot open at the sound of Miles speaking. The TV was on, but it was muted. Lights from the frantic show that played lit up the dark room. I looked at Miles' face. It was his hand on my stomach. I gasped. How could he even feel anything I wasn't even showing yet? Miles? What are you doing in here? I scrambled up to a sitting position and pulled away from the tall 15-year-old. Miles slowly turned his face from my stomach and locked his eyes on mine. I swear his dark eyes had changed to a pale white, but that could have been my sleepiness and the flashing of the TV. It wants out. Miles said to me coldly. I reached over and shook Tony. He sat up startled and confused. When he saw Miles standing there, Tony jumped out of bed. Shit. Tony ran to Miles and gently put his hands on his son's shoulders, guiding him out of the room. Come on, Miles. It's late. What the fuck was going on? I was so confused and shaken up. Sorry. Tony whispered as he and Miles left the room. Tony came back to bed ten minutes later. Are you okay? He asked. I nodded. I'm so sorry. Miles used to sleepwalk a lot as a little kid. As he got older, he got less and less. It's been a long time since he's done this. Almost a year. I thought he had outgrown it. It really seemed that way. Oh, I said, still startled but also curious. Sometimes change can bring it on, even a good change. It might be a one-time thing. I hope so, I said, feeling a little weirded out. Tony paused as though he questioned if he should say anything else. It's really important if Miles ever does this that you don't wake him. Tony saw the concerned look on my face. It can turn simple sleepwalking into night terrors. Believe me, you don't want to experience that. Oh my god, Tony, what do you mean? I asked. We're about to have a baby. Is this dangerous? Tony shook his head. No, I'm sure it's just a weird thing. Like I said, he's outgrown it. Apparently not. I said, feeling more freaked out than ever. I thought for a second. Did you tell him about the baby? I asked Tony. Of course not. Tony insisted. Well, he knows. He said it wants out. He doesn't even know where he is, let alone what he's saying, Lane. Tony insisted. I turned my body away from him. I didn't respond. Tony sighed and rolled over. In less than a minute, I could hear he was already asleep. I lay awake for a long time. It's fine. You can do this. I encouraged myself. Everyone has things they have to deal with. So Miles sleepwalks. He's an amazing kid. I'm lucky. Go back to sleep, Lane. So finally I did. The next morning was business as usual. Tony was rushing to get ready for work, and Miles hugs me as he heads out the door with a bagel in his mouth. See you, I called him. After Miles closes the door, I look at Tony questioningly. Tony throws his hands up. He remembers nothing. Never knew it happened. I never told him you saw him do it. Didn't want him to feel stupid or anything. I nodded. Good call. (laughs) Tony kissed me and headed off to work. I spent the entire morning sculpting. I felt refreshed with new inspiration. I started feeling stupid for getting in my own head last night. I loved my new life. There was so much to look forward to. In the late afternoon, I cleaned up my space and carried some leftovers out to the outdoor trash bin. A female neighbor spotted me and waved as she parked her car in her driveway. Hi! She called. Hi! I waved, smiling back. I realized she was walking over to come chat with me. Welcome to the neighborhood, the woman said warmly. I'm so happy to see Tony happy with someone again. He and Miles deserve all the happiness in the world after everything they've been through. Oh, yeah? I said, thanks. I'm Lane. I know who you are, silly. You're all Tony talks about. I'm Wendy. Let me know if there's anything ever you need. Thanks, Wendy. I smiled at the rosy-cheeked, over-eager woman. 
I looked at her for a minute. When you say with everything they've been through... Oh, I just mean with Tony's last fiancé dying like that. He and Miles took it so hard. I could tell Wendy saw the shock on my face. She pretends to feel stupid for bringing it up, but I know she's one of those women that loves the drama. Oh, dear. Did you not know? Well, it's not my place. It was a suicide, but that's all I'm going to say. Wendy pretends to zip her lip and hold her hands up, backing away from me, headed back towards her house. She tilts her head in sympathy. It was nice to officially meet you, Lane. Wendy calls, then hustles home. I stand there watching her go. How the fuck did Tony never tell me this? Mr. Honesty? Fuck him! I stomp back into the house, vowing to sleep in my art studio that night. After fighting for almost three hours, I realized that I was getting nowhere with Tony and retreated to my workspace. He actually said he didn't understand why I'm so mad. It was just something he didn't like to talk about. There's a lot of things like that with him these days. What a cock! I must have fallen asleep, but of course, woke up having to pee. The baby must already be pushing on my bladder. I open the door into the hallway and BAM! I almost collide with Miles standing on the other side of the door. I half scream startled. Miles? I blink in the darkness. What are you doing out here? Miles doesn't respond. He just stares at me. He must be sleepwalking again. I remember what Tony told me to make sure I didn't wake him. I shakily and slowly reach for Miles' shoulders. Miles is wearing his pajama pants with no shirt. As my fingertips touch his skin, he snaps, almost recoiling like a snake. Miles screams and something drops from his hand onto the hallway floor. Moonlight shines through the windows and reflects off the object. It's my large sculpting knife. I gasp. He must have been in the studio while I was sleeping. He took the knife and was waiting for me. What the fuck is going on? Without warning, Miles jerks away from me and begins running the opposite way down the hall towards his bedroom. The light from the window hits his back as he passes it. I notice bizarre marks, almost wounds all over it. They appear to be in strange shapes. Miles' feet stomp loudly as he reaches his room and the door slams loudly behind him. I stand in the hallway, frozen. I'm terrified. How the hell am I ever supposed to sleep in this house again? Tony appears at the other end of the hall. Blaine? He sounds confused. Well, no shit! I angrily walk to the bathroom and close the door behind me, saying nothing to Tony. The next morning, I decided to take my own approach. Miles was eating some gross sugary cereal, and Tony was packing his laptop into his work bag. So, Miles, I say awkwardly, do you remember what happened last night? I look at him closely, waiting for a response. Huh? He asks me. I can tell he clearly has no idea. What do you mean? I pause, wondering if I should push it. What's the point? Nothing, I respond. Tony looks at me questioningly. You better get to school, kid. Tony pats Miles on the head. Okay, yep. See you guys later. Miles grabs his book and a hoodie and heads out the front door. Bye! I call to him. What was that about? Tony asked me. Can you hang back a minute? I insist to him. Sure. Tony responds. I'm getting pretty freaked out with this sleepwalking thing. I don't feel safe. Is that what was going on last night? Tony squints at me concerned. I nod. Tony, he had my sculpting knife. He went in my workspace while I was asleep, picked it up, and then stood in the darkness waiting for me. Look, it's not just me I have to worry about anymore, okay? I put my hand on my stomach. Jesus, yeah, I get why you'd be shaken up. I truly don't believe he would ever hurt you. Miles loves you. I know that, but I was just doing a little reading on the whole sleepwalking night terrors thing, and it 
It gets dangerous as someone gets older and closer to Miles' age. He doesn't see things in that dream state that are real. He's in another place and his reality could be anything. What if he hurt me last night? Babe, I'm so sorry. Give me a chance to fix this, okay? I'll take extra precautions at night and I'll make an appointment with the sleep doctor. We'll fix this. Tony promised. Okay, I agreed. Already questioning my decision. Fuck, of course I fall in love with a dude that has a serial killer son. Kidding. Well, half kidding. That night as Miles was going to bed, Tony was rigging his door with pots and metal kitchen utensils. So we hear you if you leave your room tonight. Tony explained to Miles. I'm sorry, I feel so stupid. Miles apologized, embarrassed. Don't be, we'll figure this out, I assured him. Okay, good night. Miles said as Tony closed his door. I felt a pang of guilt. This poor kid. Am I the biggest asshole ever here? Tony wraps his arms around me. Come on, let's get my two babies to bed. He said warmly. I fell into a restless sleep that night. So many things were running through my head. Was this relationship even going to work out? Will the baby ever be safe here? Does Tony love me enough to prioritize our baby with Miles' problem? Finally, I drifted off uneasily. I awoke to the sound of Miles' voice. It was coming from somewhere in the house. Tony? I whispered. Tony didn't even stir. I crept out of bed and nervously down the hall. As I exited our master suite, I saw that Miles' door was still closed. All of the kitchen utensils and pots still remained untouched on the outside of the door. I exhaled in relief. I could still hear Miles' voice in my tired confusion. I slowly turned the door handle to his room, studying the metal noisemakers. The door opened a crack and I peered inside. As my eyes adjusted in the darkness, I realized I couldn't see Miles in his bed. I pushed the door open even wider. Miles is definitely not in his room. From another place in the house, I hear Miles speaking rapidly, so fast I couldn't even make out what he's saying. Goosebumps raise along the back of my neck. How the fuck did he get out of his room without all of this stuff on his door falling or making some crazy loud sound? Where was Miles? I take a deep breath and slowly turn, creeping towards the living room. Miles talking gets louder as I approach. I enter the living room to find Miles on the couch, propped up weirdly on his arms, speaking at a rapid pace. He's looking up towards a dark corner near the ceiling. I slowly turn to see what he's looking at and spot three long, tall shadows. I silently exhale in shock, covering my mouth so I don't make any noise. What the fuck were they? Miles stops talking and slowly turns his gaze towards me. Hi, Lane. He says, very matter-of-fact and very fucking creepy, as though he knew I was there all along. I jerk my head back towards the shadowy figures. They were gone. Without hesitation, I whip around and run back to my bedroom. I close the door to the hall of the master suite and then slam the door at the entrance of our bedroom. I lock it. What the actual fuck is going on? What did I just see? I'm breathing heavy, leaning on the door. Tony! I whisper yell at my sleeping boyfriend. He doesn't respond. I hear him snoring and I scramble for my cell phone that I know is plugged in beside the bed. I switch on the flashlight, shining it in Tony's face. The instant the light hits his skin, I realize it isn't him. That's not Tony laying in my bed. The face and skin look gray and stretched, almost monster or alien-like. Well, I guess like the photos I've seen of aliens in books and movies, but also different, more deformed. I could see sharp teeth protruding through his open mouth. The skin, or whatever you call it, looks slimy and slick. There was a gaping hole where his nose should be and bulged out eyes. It was horrifying. As Tony awoke and realized light was on his face, he began to morph. 
back into Tony, his human form. Oh, fuck no, I'm out. I'm shaking so violently from terror as I grab the small night table off the ground and hurl it towards the bedroom window. It smashes into a million glass shards. Grateful our bedroom is on the ground floor, I climb quickly out of the broken window. Tony was calling after me as my pajamas ripped and my skin tore and the excess glass still hanging from the window frame. I've never ran so fast as I got to that neighbor Wendy's house and began pounding on the door. I can only imagine what she thought as she swung open her front door to find me in torn blood-covered pajamas, hysterically crying. So now what? Well, of course the police came and determined it was some kind of violent domestic dispute. I spent three months in a psychiatric facility until I realized me swearing up and down that my boyfriend and his son are probably aliens wasn't really helping me get out of there. So I lied. I said I thought the pregnancy hormones and the stress of miles of sleepwalking made me go a little crazy. I needed calm and relaxation until the end of my pregnancy. So now I live with my mother in her farmhouse on the edge of the city. My sculptures are a lot more bizarre now. Tall, stretched, shadowy, extraterrestrial-looking things. But they sell more than they ever have. Hey, people are fucked up. What can I say? They buy them. I'm making a great living for me and my baby. I haven't spoken to Tony or Miles since that night. I refuse. Tony reaches out a lot, but I can't even think about him without feeling like I'm inside of a nightmare. There's so many nights I feel a breeze coming through my window, blowing the thin white curtains. I know it's them. One night I made the mistake of getting up and closing the window. The long figures were standing in the distance on my mother's back lawn. We see them from time to time through the windows at night. My mother now knows I'm not crazy. That they're real. She prays every night that they will go away and just leave us in peace. I'm not religious, but I fucking hope her prayers are answered. But we both know they aren't going away. They're waiting for my baby to be born. His baby. They'll try to come for him. I still hear Miles' voice in my dreams. It, it wants, wants out. out. For now, all I can do is wait. They won't take my baby boy without a fight. Until then, I just try to always keep the lights on. Keep Me Safe All Through the Night. Written by Chrissy Fox. Featuring Chrissy Fox as Lane. Tyler Connolly as Tony. Riley Cummings as Miles. Michelle Carter as Wendy. Engineered by Tyler Connolly. Production, sound design, and music by Chrissy Fox. Additional music by Michelle Carter. Theme music by Trevor Shand, Tyler Connolly, and Chrissy Fox. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeders Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.